0: This is Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mowarder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. Although for today, I think a more appropriate name would probably be uh, Sandcast Your Brains Out. (laughs) We are with uh, Billy Allen and John Mayer, who are the hosts, of course, of Coach Your Brains Out. How's it going, fellas?
1: Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Fired up to be here, talking to the competition.
0: <laughs> You're fired up to be at your own house, John. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, well, I guess technically not really competition since we're now all under the volleyball mag umbrella. You guys are making the transition there, um, and then try. Hey. How, how was your holidays? How's everybody's uh, Christmas?
2: It was great. Just traveling around, saw a bunch of the nieces and nephews. They're crazy nice little peace and quiet now.
0: You saw a variety of climates. You went to Hawaii and then went up to Tahoe. Yep. So you went were to Palm you were Springs in, actually <laughs> in between those
2: two and then stopped by Oakland on the way back down to LA. So you did a little bit of everything. Yeah. Are you it's a little desert, a little, little ocean? Um, no, I'm not allowed to work out right now. So I'm just,
0: I didn't know if being, that was in like the surfing category well, of working out that's, that's not true. really working out.
2: Yeah, when I go surfing, I just consider it floating and <laughs> catching waves every once in a while. But uh, no, I didn't, I didn't snowboard.
0: Just hung out and chilled with the kids. Yeah, not a bad way to spend it. And how about you guys? You guys are now playing Santa. Uh, how does that go? The dads. That's
1: yeah, right. Ketch is young enough. I just rewrap his old presents that we already got him, so to kind of save money that way. But I went up to Idaho with my wife's family, and we're in the freezing snow.
3: Yeah, my uh, my family we went to Argentina pre Christmas, which was a good vacation. But then for my daughter Mila, she's the only kid with both grandparents, so she just gets spoiled. It's it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> we have to like hide gifts. We have, like we don't tell her like oh, yeah, we put a couple in <laughs> the back and save them for next year. Give them to other kids
1: hopefully. Give them to the
0: Catch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Does his
0: Catch have any idea? Does she still get stoked to see the same stuff?
1: Oh, yeah, it's all cars right now. But uh, he likes opening presents, ripping them apart, but it's just all the same cars over and over. Yeah. (laughs) Until until we get Mila's hand-me-down, like, princess dresses. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're coming, yeah. We already have some.
0: My dad sent me a pretty funny picture. He said, your life can be measured in four phases, that you believe in Santa, you don't believe in Santa, you are Santa, and that you begin to look like Santa. (laughs) You you had the beard going there for a while, Billy. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty good what did you do for Christmas? Uh, I hung out here. We, uh, me and my girlfriend. I made uh, so with all the holidays, I try to like make like a pretty awesome dish. So last year was my first foray into a Thanksgiving turkey, and then this year, so I made um, my. I had my mom send me her breakfast casserole that she always makes us. So I did that in the morning, and uh, and then just she sent you a casserole, a casserole recipe. Oh, recipe! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, your mom's on it. <laughs> uh, and then we just we went out to the beach for a while, hung out watched a Christmas story, fell asleep about eight o'clock. It was pretty awesome. Um, so I'll be going home to Maryland in like a month to sort of get the full Christmas holiday experience there. Um, but now with with you guys joining us on the podcast, I, I um so your podcast is more of a coaching one, obviously, with Coach Your Brains Out. So I guess just take us through a little bit of the history of the podcast. It's not often that you see Competitors, you know, joining up and and form, you know, joining as like a enemies team. Enemies might be a better word. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm glad you have Clearly.
1: a bonds, on, so I can correct all genres. <laughs> well,
3: I think it started because um, well, I think Billy has a really creative. I know he has a very creative streak in him. He's he was the founder of Kinda Good with Danny Kinda and all those videos, and uh, I think he always like when he sees something like he sees movies or sees books, he's like, I'm going to try to do that. So with podcasts, I think we were getting into podcasts, and he's like, you want to make one? Uh, sure, let's, let's try it. What do you want to make it about? Uh, volleyball? <laughs> 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 so uh, he, uh, we got our, our friend Nils Nielsen, um, and I think we actually, the first one was here at, at my house, and we went back in our, my music room there, and I think we had one iPhone, mm-hmm. and we just put it in the middle, and um, started talking, <laughs> it wasn't very good, and I, I hope no one's heard it. But um, we just kept going from there. I, th- I think Billy um, did a lot of the tech side and has really kept it alive. He edited the early ones, he edited a lot, and it made it listenable. And then we've slowly, I think we've gotten a little better at it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I found, uh, I guess, through the process, uh, I guess just how much I enjoy the collaboration part of it. I do a few projects on my own, um, but it's way more fun having somebody else to you know have some feedback, bounce ideas off of, and then... Like, John finds so many guests that without him, uh, you know, I would have stopped a long time ago. Um, (laughs) I think Billy kind
3: of dreads that, like, I keep finding guests. uh, That's the only work I do. Like, I find the guests, and I I kind of outline, like, what the question, the topic and the questions, and then we do it, and then Billy has to do, like, the -the behind-the-scenes work, and I just keep getting guests so we keep putting out, and I think eventually he's probably going to say, stop doing
1: it. At first, we were editing it a lot, like... We were actually, as we'd record, be like, "Oh, don't worry, Billy can just edit this." Oh, don't worry. And I like went back and I would like take out, try to take out the ums and all the pauses. But now we're we're better and we just kind of do it live, so that helps.
0: Right. And do you guys do actual live shows every now and then, or is it mostly just recorded and then just post later?
1: Yeah, it's all recorded. Um, Usually, we're ahead of ahead of time, so we have some in the in the bank. Um, And I think it also helps the guests because we feel like, hey, if there's anything that you mess up on or want to change or don't want to say, we can just you know, cut that out um, rather than like, oh, we caught you. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is going out. Yeah, we're not editing this. So you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Luckily, we've got a couple years of experience. I mean, most of it is on the other side where we're asking questions. So right. On this side, I'm like, oh, what do we do? <laughs> it's going to be boring. nervous about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think the, it's, it's been really fun. I've learned a lot. I think the best part has been like all the great guests who have been willing to talk with us and share their knowledge for free and spend their time. And also kind of it's been like a diary for us because every once in a while we'll kind of break down a tournament or an experience and kind of like, you know, Billy's um, detailed some of his growth. Like we talked a lot about like how he used to not handset and like we talk about growth mindset a lot and how like making mistakes is a good thing and that process has helped him kind of get outside his comfort zone and seeing the growth he's had. And we can kind of celebrate like, you know, Billy just won the Seattle Open and kind of look back at the things we've done. and um, I think that's been the really... I mean, there's been a lot of good out of it, but I think that's been fun to have this kind of like audio diary that we'll be able to go back to and, and uh, relive.
0: And speaking of mindset, too, I mean, you guys had Carol Dweck on at one point, right? And she is the author of Mindset. We tried.
3: We haven't had her on, or, actually. Who,
1: <laughs> we've talked about her a lot. Okay. We had somebody that works yeah, in that world. I mean, actually, that was our big failure on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, had this, we had this great episode um, with this Lady Lorraine who works... Like with Carol and kind of the whole mindset world, kind of teaching it. And it was like, for me, one of the best episodes we've had. And somehow that's like our one big, second big blunder where... Was it ours or was it yours? It was no mine. I couldn't find the file. I don't know what happened to it. The so recording like, is yeah. gone. So oh. we're going to have to... Oh. Billy and I got to experience it. As we are doing it, I'd like pause the show and just be like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to reschedule with her. So.
3: But we've had a lot of people who, uh, with that sort of topic um, on Carol Dweck's research... I've tried to reach out to her a lot and um, haven't heard back. So, if anybody knows <laughs> Carol Dweck, yeah. we're trying through, because Fuller works there at Stanford. He, Andrew Fuller's on the show with us, and he's the coach at Stanford. So, we've tried to get to her.
0: Yeah, because that's how I found out about Carol Dweck was through your podcast and how much you guys talked about her. And then I read Mindset and loved it. So even though you haven't had her on, (laughs) her message is still getting across. Yeah, when I was playing with Hayden,
2: he was reading Mindset. His mom actually made him read it. It's kind of funny. (laughs) We were at his mom's place, and she gave him the book and made him read it. But also Phil Dahlhauser had it on the road with him at one point. I still haven't read it, but I'll I'll get there.
1: Yeah, no, it's a game changer. Yeah, I think around the time we were starting it was when we were kind of like at least I was getting turned on to like Train Ugly's website and um, a lot of the ideas about like motor learning and just kind of different ways to teach the game. And so that was kind of sparked a lot of our first yeah. episodes, and um, I think you know we were fired up on on that. And like John knows a lot about coaching, and so for me, whenever we get before we did the podcast, it was fun just to pick his brain and just to talk, you know that kind of stuff. And now we're still able to do that and then, um, you know, get some great coaches on from around the world too.
0: And it, it started as a coaching podcast, right? And then, so when did you see it begin to evolve? Cause a lot of it is almost sports psychology in a way, like you just had a professional skateboarder on, right. Who's not in the volleyball world, but a lot of those messages still resonate to volleyball players and competitors. So when did you begin to see that growth and evolution of the podcast?
3: I think it's always been, like, what are we into and what do we like? And we coach and we play volleyball and we're trying to be great at what we do. So I think that's, like, that's the impetus and that's the, like, try to find people that are, you know, striving for mastery, whatever they do. If they're an author or a skateboarder or, I mean, we had um, had um strength coaches, nutritionists, you know, whatever ways we can find to be our best, you know, in coaching or in playing. So I don't think it's as much about, like, what the... Um, vehicle is but just about that general idea of like how can I learn more how can I be better
2: yeah I think that's what's really cool about just starting anything I mean even if it's a business but these podcasts like that's how I looked at it starting as like well what am I interested in if I'm interested in it I'm just gonna share that and then it'll be interesting to whoever's interested in it right um, and I mean that's what it's kind of like looking at your guys podcast versus ours both in the volleyball community but they're naturally going to be very different because you're going to do stuff that you're interested in. The more interest you have, the more energy you're going to have, the more passionate you are, and the easier it's going to be to listen to. If I tried to do it about your guys' topics, about coaching, which I'm really not that passionate about right now, it wouldn't be that good. So it's just kind of cool to see the different uh, things that we're interested in, I guess.
3: Yeah, and I don't think there's like a... um it's it's not like the space of volleyball media is overcrowded. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it's a good thing that there's more people talking about our great sport because a lot of people play it and a lot of people love it and a lot of people care about it. So I think us doing that is great. And I think try, we talk about growth mindset, like getting outside your comfort zone. Like I think you're doing the uh, live feed this year. Like that's an example of like, I remember before New York you came to the player's tent. You're like, I've never done it before. I'll I'll go go give it a shot. (laughs) And I think like having that sort of like, um openness to trying new things and um you know and listening back and figuring out how to get better like that's that's a lot of what we talk about and i think it's really cool that you did that and made an impact for sure on the AVP and on our sport and that's i think that's what you guys are doing right now too
0: yeah it's been fun i got to do something while i'm out <laughs> i'm dying over here <laughs> it's been a fun project to work on that's one of my favorite parts about working on this podcast or just working in just the volleyball media space as it is is that like Like you guys said, you just talk to whoever you really want to talk to and kind of pick their brain on things that you want to learn about. And it's like people are thanking you for the work you're doing, and really, like, we just got to sit down in a room with, you know, Dahlhauser and April Ross, and now you guys. And, like, that's, like, a treat for me. Like, it's just you're sort of giving yourself a present by doing this work.
2: Yeah, we're, like, stealing secrets. Like, (laughs) hey, what's your secret here? And then when I get back from the court, I'm going to use it against everyone. Yeah, I don't...
3: (laughs) I don't like, I don't want to say what we're doing is art, but like a lot of the best, like my favorite, like music or art or movies, like it's clear, like the artist or the director or the musician, like it's, it's all about what they love. Like they're not thinking like, how can I make a million dollars off this? Yeah. Then, when they do, you can tell, like, it's so like inauthentic. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that's, what's really cool about podcasting. It's a really authentic form. It's, it's, um, anybody can break into it. Anybody, all you need is an iPhone and <laughs> press record <laughs> yeah. on your app and, and you can cover things that have never been covered before and talk about things that everybody in the world can hear this, and it doesn't take any sort of like um journalism school or you know anything so it's it's cool that this forum has come and it's cool that people can um get out and talk about their passions.
0: well we got that journalism school covered in travis right well, here sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's well, it's funny There's too <laughs> so i had I had a completely print so with Maryland, you could have three different tracks for journalism there was print and uh video and then photo there was no like that's how much the space has grown just since i've graduated in 2012 there was no audio uh that you learned how to do like there was no radio classes at maryland and certainly no podcasting classes um so even journalism school like five years later it's already outdated
3: wow (laughs) but i mean it's clear it's clear that you have like i don't know i listen to us and it's like yeah Yeah. we have no idea what we're doing like (laughs) you clearly like you have a sense of like how to do this and and i think also i think to thank what you've done like I think the articles you've written about the qualifier and like just making I don't know having like uh someone who knows how to write and who is passionate about the sport uh, I think that's really helped I don't know it's made from it's made for me the qualifier way more interesting like reading your stories <laughs> and reading that I think I think you've been a great addition for sure to the sport so thank, yeah that's thank what you've done. appreciate it uh, that's
2: kind of why I was like you caught my attention P the beginning. I was like I read your articles and like wow he actually like says it the way that it the The way that we as players like think of it and like see the qualifier and see the main draw and all that and just kind of put it out there in a real way. a lot of other writers in the volleyball community, I feel like have just kind of i don't know just been a little generic with it, maybe yeah. right, yeah. and like they don't want to dig deep and get the dirt or the the good and the bad, they just kind of make it sound good, which makes it sound like not authentic or real
3: the same story has been told so many times yeah it's so boring Sexy sport out on the beach it's so fun and then the olympics abs and bikinis (laughs) a lot there's not not been a lot of like real dives on like what what we love about the sport i think what you said like it he says what we think like the athletes are good at thinking it they don't know how to say maybe say it or write it (laughs) yeah and then the a lot of the media doesn't know how to present it because they're not in it or i think travis has bridged that gap and
0: Trying to okay, work yeah. in progress. Yeah, I just like you said, I just got so tired of reading like in the LA Times or Orange County Register, like fun in the sun as yeah, the headline. Oh, I was right. just like, good. golly, yeah. it's yeah. terrible. That
3: yeah, it is the worst. <laughs> and uh, speaking of writing, I don't know if you guys know Billy uh, just finished a novel. No, he's uh, also yeah. an author.
1: Yeah, Maybe thanks for the plug, John. Uh, <laughs> available nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I've been in playing with that if I was smart I would have written something volleyball related because that's where all my I guess fan base would be coach your brains out the novel uh, <laughs> but yeah did a fantasy book but I'm also started a, I started a blog this summer so that was kind of fun writing about the different events and yeah what we're doing There's some
3: really good blog posts Billy's also a very good writer so you should
2: check it out I've been asking Travis to tutor me in writing we'll see we're gonna exchange um, some uh, blocking. What was it? Try's going to teach me how to play volleyball. I'm going to help him, him teach you how to write. Gonna <laughs> teach me how to write. Yeah. <laughs> Good trade. <laughs> Doesn't pay the bills, but
0: we're going to be learning. I think
2: will pay a lot better than the blocking.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> that's <laughs> what I'm trying to get. at. <laughs>
0: um, but Billy, I mean, writing a novel is no small task. So take us through that process, I mean, you have so very little on your plate as it is being a dad and professional volleyball player traveling all over the place. So what made you want to to sit down and write a novel? Because that's a long process.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always been into writing. It's been my hobby. I majored in creative writing. Um, so from an early age, I was really interested in that. And like John said, kind of whatever media I, I take in, that's what I want to do. If I listen to a cool song, I'm like, oh, I should write music. If I, <laughs> if I, you know, I think I'd read... Uh, fantasy book, which wasn't a genre that I, like I particularly grew up reading or anything that I was kind of into. I'm like, oh I'll be, I should try that. And I, had, and I started writing it and I got in deep enough where I had to keep going. and I'd always written, um, but I hadn't really finished a lot of projects. Um, and so this was a, a big one that just every day chipping away in the morning um, before my little guy got up um, writing it. And I you know I finished, it took about a year to get two drafts done where it was presentable to show some people. Um, and then now I'm kind of finding how much work I still need, um, and it's turned into a trilogy. So I'm gonna write all three books. <laughs> it keeps growing, um, but yeah, it's a fun process. And I think like anything, like volleyball, like there's just day-to-day work you got to do, and then um, put in enough hours, and you have a, a good book or a career or a good season.
3: I think it'd be cool to hear. Actually, Billy's re- really improved his time management. Maybe you could take us through that, like, w- what you used to do and what you've done now. Because he, he's accomplishing a lot. Like, there's a lot. Like, he's coaching full-time and doing our podcast and writing books and, and playing at a really high level and being a father. And, and you, know, you don't a nanny or anything like that. So
1: yeah. yeah, it's weird to think about how much time I had available to me in college and after college. Like, I watched so many movies <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that... You know, all day long, I would, like, when you have all the time in the world, it's tough to really, like, focus and, you know, get busy. But if you only have, like, hey, I have a half-hour window here before catch gets up and before I have to get ready for practice or whatever, like, it definitely, like, um, narrows your focus. And I think just finding those small gaps. um, He stays at home with me, and he's...
3: But I feel like it'd be easy to fill those small gaps with, like, whatever, social media or Netflix, like, what. What helps you stay on
1: task? Because it's easy to like, say, oh, I'm going to do this, but...
2: I'm taking notes here because uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure One, out what to do with my life right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just what's important. Um, you know, you only get so many hours in the day and if this, you know, big picture-wise... It took, maybe it took me, like, you know, 10 years, obviously, because I farted around a lot when I was first uh, out of college. But, you know, if it, from... In the future, would I rather have written a book or would I rather have, like, caught up on Stranger Things, you know? And it's, like, no question. And I think just... Having that, um, kind of where you want to be in mind, what what your values are, where, like this is important to me. And I think uh, I've always wanted to write, so it's always been a tease, and just slowly buckling down and taking it more seriously. I think with volleyball, same thing. Like, you know, every a lot of people play volleyball, but those guys that put the work in and treat it more like profession, um, you know, it pays off. With the
3: with the the book, you set some goals though, right? Or you, and you had your your cousin or he was yeah that was with you.
1: yeah yeah, that was a big help um, it's just accountability and so Janelle's cousin um, was kind of starting a book at the same time so we'd weekly meet and kind of go over chapters and so I think that helped push kind of like I was talking about John on the podcast like maybe without that collaboration I would have given up and gone on to a, a sci-fi novel or a screenplay but I think just
0: having that accountability
1: helped um,
0: yeah I think that's a really valuable thing to have because when I sat down to write My first book, I had no accountability at all. And I had no deadline, really no idea what I was doing. And so I just, I would like let it sit for like four or five months at a time. Then I come back to it and just forget the entire storyline. So that was a a very good thing that you had, I think, for sure.
1: Yeah. And that's the hardest thing about any, like being a beach volleyball player is having that internal motivation because you don't have a coach yelling at you. Like, obviously, no. But he was banging down my door saying, like, hey, you better – where's the manuscript? You better – you know, we really want to read it. <laughs> so right. you have to, like, on your catch, own – Catch was a couple times. <laughs> uh, he was banging down
0: the door for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, like, on your own, you have to
1: be like, no, I need to schedule this time and you know, be mature about
0: it. And with your guys' podcast, too, how much did you hold each other accountable for when you were just getting it started? Because, like, just a podcast with an iPhone in the middle – you know, I'm sure that it would have been very easy to just been like, ah, oh, we're good. Like that was fun for a couple of episodes. I think I read a study that said if you don't get to your thirteenth podcast, like you're it's gonna fail. Hmm. Basically. So how did you guys hold each other accountable and keep yourselves going with that podcast?
3: I think Billy first like did he did research on it, like what do good podcasts do? And he's like, they put it out weekly, they put it out on Thursdays. And they were like after you edited it, edited it, it was just good enough to like, I was like, oh, this is fairly interesting. Like, it kept me wanting to do it. And then I think once we figured out we could, like, talk to guests, then it was like, oh, that's for sure. Like, we, we reached out to, like, John Kessel, who's a uh, person who works for USAB, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, cool, we can talk to interesting people, then, yeah, let's keep going. So I think it was a combination of, like, Billy figuring out, like, what good podcasts do, and then just realizing that we had, at our even though we had, like, zero ability, we had at our fingertips, like, this this resource that would help us access like all the great minds in volleyball or even outside, like pretty early on we reached out to the author of legacy, this book about the all blacks, James Kerr. Like I just cold, cold emailed him, like see what happens. And he writes back like, Oh yeah, you have a podcast show. Sure That's awesome. On. So it's was like stuff like that. I was like, okay, like we might as well keep doing this. Like I would have never had a chance to speak to someone like that and, you know, ask questions directly to people like that. So
1: yeah. yeah and I think the, the yes has definitely helped and we have, you know, we're lucky enough to be in a place with our, in our sport where we have connections. Like, you know, we like Karch would come on. And like I know John worked with Tom Black. And so he had a lot of connections in the college game. And so we got a lot of yeses. And then as we had more listeners, it kind of made us step up our game. Because we're like, oh, shoot, people are actually listening. Let's get a little bit better yeah. equipment. Um, and just try to make the, the show better.
3: Yeah, but you guys came out guns blazing, man. Yeah. First episode you, you had a sponsor. Have... <laughs> even... We had like 200 episodes and we've had one sponsor. I was so jealous. Their first episode <laughs> was just like... I was re- ready to go like full Anchorman and just <laughs> go pod- podcast battle, and just, <laughs> and hit Barnett. And just, you
0: know. We were definitely fortunate fortunate to have you know the the support of Volleyball Mag who kind of hooked us up with some sponsors that were sponsoring their website, so we we definitely had a, a leg up at the start. Um, but hopefully we can get you guys a couple sponsors now that we're all on the same team and no Anchorman battle needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But speaking of their sponsors, too, we're going to pause here for a quick uh, word from them. You're listening to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mewerter, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. Marriott Vacation Club Rentals offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, or Argentina in John's case, choose to rest in our luxurious guest room suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces in great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. All right, so we have the new year coming up, but a lot of our U.S. volleyball players will be celebrating it either on a plane or at the Hague. Um, So, Billy, you're heading out over the Hague here coming up soon. Take us through your thoughts on that tournament. We have an indoor tournament, and the season is starting super early, uh, literally the first week of the new year.
1: Yeah, it's uh, definitely interesting playing in January, Um, and I think I've been... I don't know, the way the A V P and everything has gone where we lost a lot of tournaments, anytime I get a chance to play volleyball I'm pretty happy. So I'm not gonna be whining that I get to go to the Hague when, you know, so many players don't. Um so I'm I'm happy, excited to play, and I got a new partner for that. So it'll be uh interesting to see how we do and test that out and get better.
0: And how has how is it playing behind a, a seven foot one block?
1: Oh, I mean it's been great. He's he definitely makes a big difference up at the net. Um I think our temperaments are pretty similar, so I think um yeah he's easy to play with there um yeah it should be fun I'm looking forward to the season and hopefully we can start it off by doing well in the Hague
0: and you and Stafford ran a a pretty dynamic offense like a lot of shoots outsides you change the tempo a lot are you and Ryan working that in yet or do you still need a little bit more practice to sort of work some of those plays in there
1: yeah definitely more of an up and down game with us Um, I feel like Ryan as long as I can shovel him tight he's pretty good from anywhere um so I don't know if he needs to get too creative um, I, I've worked on a little bit of a shoot for me. I think with Stafford and I, um, it was one thing that Stafford was really into. And so I think if maybe, I don't know, we'll see without maybe him pushing it. Maybe it's something I don't do quite as much. Um, but it's it's a nice option, especially in transition. I feel like kind of getting some separation and making it a little quicker from the block. Uh, Seems like it was working.
0: And you've been, what's, what's the offseason looked like for you now that it's had to be so expedited just in terms of getting back into playing shape so quickly without really taken any time off? Yeah, it wasn't a, I've never, like, I've never really taken off off season,
1: like just sat around on the couch. Um, So I've always, like, played, I think, um, you know, in the past, whenever anybody called me, I had a hard time saying no, so I was always out there playing. Um, Since we had the kid, I've been watching him, um, I've had to be a lot more, uh, I had to filter my practices a little bit more, (laughs) like, who who I practice (laughs) against and how often, and kind of set that schedule. Um, but yeah, I think it was—I don't know—I was hungry and ready to start lifting and get busy with Ryan. I think having a new partner in the off season kind of makes something fresh, and so it was a little easier to jump into a new challenge like that. I want to get after it. I think if you were, I could see with the same guy for the fourth year, maybe you need a little space and a little break.
3: I think Billy's got a lot of bad blood. He's really super pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I to, I think he's chip on take my shoulder. On I think super <laughs> angry wait till, wait guy. They play. I think everybody should go watch it. Yeah, yeah. I told
1: Travis not to bring up that up, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs>
3: I, I always think of Billy, like, eternally, like, having, like, a perfect touch on the ball. Like, when he hits, like, a line shot, like, it's, like, always... Like, he's never yeah. hit a ball without, like, spin on Super it. Super clean. And, like, I feel like he'll take, like, weeks off. Maybe once in the last 10 years, he took a week off. <laughs> or, like, ten, weeks off. And, like, he comes back from a break, and, like, he's, like, just the same. Like, I'll take, like, three days off, and I'm just, like... I'm just god-awful. Like, I'm terrible. So, it's always
2: frustrating I'm, I'm about to come back from this uh year <laughs> and however long i'm taking off and i'm not gonna let anyone come to practice i'm just gonna go like <laughs> hide find my own court for like a month straight and then and then i'll come out and hit you're, some high lines
1: your tan alone you know you have to... yeah my
0: tan's pretty <laughs> tragic right now remember that's what the McKibbins did when they made the transition from indoor to beach they like practiced um out in like venice beach and they found a court that no one was near and they're like we couldn't let anyone see us for like (laughs) a month that was so (laughs) stupid because i was like i was like all right like you guys finally came to the beach i
2: knew they were gonna come out i was like let's let's get going like i'm you guys can come train with us like i'll jump in on drills with me and 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 Hayden. Hayden's one of the best people to learn from they're like no like we're not ready for that (laughs) we're not gonna come out I'm like, what do you mean you're not ready i'm letting you come out and play with one of the top teams and they're just—they're just like, no, we're that bad right now. Like, we don't want you to see us. <laughs> now you can empathize. <laughs> now, yeah,
0: exactly. I'm about to find that Venice Court. <laughs> um, now you've been—you've already been doing some traveling with Volleyball Vacations, and I don't know—I don't know a ton about it. Um, so I guess what exactly is Volleyball Vacations? What do you guys do? I know it's been around for a pretty long time.
1: yeah he has been uh, it's been—it's so it's called South of the Border Volleyball Vacations. Uh, Tom Davenport runs it. He's out of Colorado. Um we we've, we've been doing it a long time. I think my first one was right after we got married. I kinda told Janelle it was our honeymoon uh down <laughs> in Mexico. So it was like what seven, eight years ago. Um it's a great offseason job. It's basically they have a big tournament in Mexico, the King of the Beach tournament and then a um, co-ed tournament. And they have pros come down to do exhibitions, run clinics, um hang out. Uh, we do like play with the pro sessions, so like if you're a guest, whatever. Um, you get to play against like me and Jake Gibb, like on the opposite sides of the net, and it's just a way for us to make money, and it's a cool, a cool vacation. It's and awesome. People I, love yeah. volleyball down there. I don't know how John and I keep getting invited because we're not exactly <laughs> as, like party guys, yeah. but
3: yeah, I don't know how we do either. But I've done Puerto Vallarta a bunch, and it's it's really cool because it's this group of people who absolutely love volleyball, like they're obsessed about volleyball, and you know we don't get that that often. I kind of compare it to like. If you were like a rare stamp collector, and, like, you know, like at your job, you never get to talk about it. And like, but then you go to this, like, you know, this like antique show and you get like all these nerds. So like, mm-hmm. we go, we go to this and they're just like, we're at breakfast, like drawing out, you know, how we'd run our defense or, you know, they're just all these people who just are obsessed with volleyball. And a lot of people from like cold weather places, I remember hearing one of the people from like Wisconsin, they built this, they built a sandbox in their uh, garage because it was like wintertime. And they were like, just to get ready for this trip, and That's they were like, awesome. doing wow. jumps in the box, <laughs> they come on the trip, and like, they, it's like a week of volleyball that they normally wouldn't get to play in the winter, so they play like sun up, sun down, like you're out there in the sun setting and playing, and it's, a, it's been really fun, and the really great thing as players is they all become your fans, so they come to the events, and they, a lot of them have put us up at tournaments, and it's been a really good thing for,
0: for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think like this is, like, a dream opportunity for, like, the Bomgrens stuck in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, they should do like, 30 years. <laughs> they should do it, yeah. Where all have you guys been? Is it always at the same place?
1: Uh, it's three different stops in Mexico. Puerto Vallarta, Extapa, and Cabo. Okay. And so they have those. Now it's going to be four because they've been growing so much. Um, but Janelle and I actually do them together, and so that's awesome because we, you know, we get a little vacation together, both make some money, and uh, we, we, we've been to, I think, what, all three
0: this year, so. That's awesome. And what are like the days? I I remember you guys were wearing, I think it was you and Trambley last year. And one, you had these ridiculous wigs on. And so it just, the vibe seems, um, I guess, vacation-like. I think that it's probably an apt name. So do you guys do just kind of fun stuff like that a lot too?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, we do, like, an exhibition where it's pros against pros, and everybody lines up around, and it's just fun. And you kind of make it, you know... A lot of heckling. A lot of heckling. You make it, sil- <laughs> you make it silly, you know, and do some silly... Ty and tie are always throwing sand and chest-bumping each other and everything. No way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great time. And I think, you know, we don't get paid a lot for volleyball, but I've had so many awesome opportunities that come with it. Um, whether it's travel or you know clinics, and um, this is for sure at the top
0: of the list as far as
1: getting to go down to Mexico and be around people
0: that love the sport. And now you'll be playing indoors here soon enough. Have you ever played in an indoor tournament?
1: Just the Hague last year it was kind of half and half. So Stafford and I went, and they had it was really they had one outdoor court like stadium that was so windy it was like unbelievable. So You'd rather be indoors And then you go <laughs> indoor, and there's you know obviously no wind. Um, so it was definitely different. Um, yeah, I wonder because I know Stafford and Casey have that facility up in Thousand Oaks. Uh, it's probably a good idea to get practice there, training there.
3: I know. I think Betsy Flint told me uh, she played that one and that the float serves like moved way mm-hmm. more. I was surprised to hear that. I thought without the wind, there wouldn't be as much, much movement. But. Yeah,
1: I mean it's almost just like. A, Different. It's like in a vacuum or something. I don't know. Huh. Somehow it seemed like most people were jump floating, and it's pretty gnarly compared to jump serving. They turn the heaters on and just yeah. get some and obviously heaters. like hand setting's easier because there's no like wind moving the ball around. Huh. Yeah, I, I'm kind of
2: picturing the Dutchies like loving it because they're already running that. They're two huge guys. Uh, at least their top team, and they just want to run that indoor style offense and yeah. if the balls if they have that much control it's just going to be like yeah that's probably huge guys lot, yeah and yeah. The, and they're in the home court like yeah. i would definitely put my money on uh brower musen to
0: win mm-hmm. that one on the men's side
3: unless they play a billion ryan of course exactly oh, billion ryan yeah <laughs> then
0: then they're screwed and john did you think about going to that one because i know that reed and jeremy just got wild carded yeah. in i think yeah how's that reed pretty
2: well who's that was Reed's wild card, I'm guessing, they gave it to him yeah, for being an Yeah, John admirer. didn't want to waste his
1: wild card, he gets like 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's know. pretty
2: amazing oh. that that they gave him a wild card for not ever yeah, playing in I an think event, right? Yeah,
3: a qualifier wild card. Oh. But uh, And I think they would have been in the qualifier anyways. I had oh, set really? up um, that week for camps for LMU, and I had full, like, the whole week is booked. And then the schedule came out, like, you know, a oh. couple weeks later, and I was like, I can't cancel. There's like 50 girls I like, couldn't cancel on. And last year, Jeremy and I couldn't get into, like, two stars. Like, we didn't have enough points to get in. Really? So I was like, yeah, I don't think I can make it happen. And he's like, yeah, I'll try Sign up with Reed. Reed thinks he has a connection. So they ended, I think a lot of people didn't sign up, and they ended up getting the qualifier wild card. And I think they also had enough points to get in. So Probably would
1: have had a big country quota if not. They been, yeah, that's
3: right, without the qualifier. So, yeah, was, I, I would have loved to play, but... I mean, I, I never thought like, oh, I'm gonna set up this camp like January second. <laughs> right. like, That's gonna be a conflict. Yeah. And then, like, I was like, oh, jeez, of course, my luck.
0: Right, and that kind of brings up something else I wanted to touch on too is that you guys both do so much, um, and then you know, trial was bringing up before we came on about just time management, just how do you find a way to balance and juggle all these different things? I mean, your podcast and coaching, your dad's husband's um, author. How do you find the time to fit all of this stuff in at at the level that you guys do it?
3: I think it's hard. I I'd love to get better at it. I I think Billy does it really well. I want to learn more more from him. I think the big thing is like if you're like kind of like Billy was saying, like if you really want to be good at it and you really care about it, then you'll put the time in. And like I know, like I don't I don't have any like social media and I'm sure that would be like Entertaining, but I know that would be a distraction from like what I want to be. So I just, I don't have it, or I don't, I don't know. I just don't watch TV because I'd rather get better at whatever coaching or reading or or playing. So I think just like eliminating things, making life as simple as you can, and then prioritizing like figuring out what's important to you. Like clearly, like my family is a big deal. So I want to spend time. Like I want to spend time. I want to be there. I want to be present. And I'm not perfect at it. I'd love to get better. Um, and I want to be a really good coach and a good player. So whenever opportunities to get better at those and I'll try to do them.
0: <laughs> right. I know Billy it's probably not easy to, you know, jet off to the Hague, you know, around the holiday season with, you know, a wife and a kid and things to attend to. So do you guys have do you have any tricks anything that you use to help with just juggling all these different things? I'm actually looking forward
1: to it because for that long of a plane ride, I can get a lot of work done. True. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of locked in a in a seat. With, have bring my laptop and get some writing. Your, a... Hopefully,
2: Ryan, the seven one partner, is not sitting next to you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think he was bummed because I don't think he he's getting his seat he wants. But oh, that'll be entertaining for you to watch at least. <laughs> I've seen him
2: get into a bathroom in one of the small planes. <laughs> I don't. I. I mean. I don't want to see what happens in there, <laughs> how, he, how he makes it work, but it, it yeah. would be pretty comical.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got
3: to travel with, with Ryan for two years, and, you know, he's around us, like, he's tall, obviously, but all, everyone's, like, 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, whatever, so he's tall, but you stand in, like, a security line at LAX? <laughs> <laughs>
1: we, were, we were walking around yeah. uh, New Orleans, oh, downtown, yeah. and, uh, like, yeah. kind of with uh, with John Ryan, made money, and Ryan, and people were just, like, taking pictures. <laughs> <we could> <laughs> it, and, uh, yeah,
3: you, you don't really get a sense of, like, how, I mean how in everyday life, he is just constantly berated by, like, how tall he is. Like, it's just... I mean, people are just, like, rude and yeah and staring and make awful comments. It's just like, Yeah, he told me
2: once... Aren't you in the NBA? Yeah, 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 exactly. He told me, uh... Oh, someone's walking by him and, and they're just, like... Just a fully instinctual reaction,
0: like, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 Ryan. Nice to meet you.
1: <laughs> it's such it's a funny. Ryan reaction, a, too. yeah, yeah it's funny. Yeah, but, but I think like what John's saying, like prioritizing it, and just saying no and cutting stuff out because you have to make the time somewhere. And then also just like starting things like a podcast or a blog or whatever might seem really overwhelming, but I mean, you start it like I don't know, after 20 minutes, you're halfway done with something like that's just what it takes.
3: Yeah. We had um, a guy, an author, he wrote uh, chop wood, carry water on, on the show. And he was, he was like, a little bit inspirational for us, like talking about his book. Like he's like, I'm not an author. Like, I don't know how to write. Like, I, I could have tried to get a publisher, but I was like, I'm just going to write this thing and put it out. And now he's making, like, a full living off it. And he's saying, like, one of his books, like, stops in the middle. Like, it just randomly stops. <laughs> and he's like, and he's make, I mean, he's, yeah, and he just keeps writing and putting stuff out. And
0: he's like, yeah, just go for it. Like, just put it out. Shoot first, name later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Well, I guess he knows how to leave the readers on their toes. <laughs> Stop yeah. in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and... Speaking of just kind of you guys mentioned New Orleans and John, you had a win there two years ago, right? And I remember watching that and that first set was 21 to nine for Casey and Jake. And I've been meaning to just pick your brain on that. And that 21 to nine is about as rough as a set can go. How do you rebound from that and, and win? you know, the next two sets against at the time was the number one team in the country.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there, a couple of things came to mind. One was like, well, we we just didn't play well. We can play better. And I think that kind of goes into this idea of like regression to the mean. Like it's, and it's a really common thing. Like when someone plays below their average, like it's most likely the next game they're going to play like better or above their average. And we'd played that team a lot. So we knew they weren't like that much better than us. So it's like, well, we played poorly. We'll, we'll probably play above our average now. Right. I mean, that's when you're thinking like really rationally. Which I don't know if we're like that calculated, but I, I remember just thinking, like, you know, we're probably not going to play that bad again. <laughs> and we have to go out and play the second set, so let's we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I think it's like easy to, you could, I think the other way it goes, like, you kind of freak out and go, we got to do things um, completely differently. And um, that wasn't the case. It, it wasn't like, it, it was, we were playing bad, so we had to start playing better. It wasn't like they're doing all these things we can't figure out. You know, it's like, how can we just pass and set a little better, a little better shot?
0: Yeah. What did that conversation look like? You know, you guys just sitting back uh, in those chairs between sets, because neither of you are, look like you're prone to, to a ton of emotion either way. So what, I mean, what did you guys like talk about really? Like any adjustments or was it just like, we're going to be fine?
3: Yeah. I don't think we said much. I think it was
1: like,
0: <laughs> that, that, was, that was really bad.
2: <laughs> Let's play better. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: And then, Billy, you, in Seattle this year, it wasn't 21-9, but you guys win the first set against Trevor and Rosie. I think it was 21-14, and then you lose the second set by the same score. Was it any adjustments that you had to make in between, or was it just, hey, they played better, if we play like we did in the first set, we're going to be fine?
1: Uh, I think I was panicking more than John was. (laughs) Uh, I didn't have a great second game. I think I made a lot of mistakes, um, and I felt kind of jittery, and I feel like that was maybe carrying over to the third game, and so my big focus was just, like, calm down and, like, settle in, um, kind of go back to playing how we did the first game and how we did. We played those guys so many times this year, um, so we knew we could match up well if we took care of our side. Um, so I think I was just needed to relax and get back to it. Billy is, he comes off, like, he's very calm and... Um, it's all facade.
3: ...together, but <laughs> yeah. if you, if you like, listen to him on the court, like, he, he'll be, like, really loud, like, not, like, consistently, but, like, you'll hear, like, kind of bursts of, like... Yeah, that's but true. There is something, like, I don't know. And I think you can, you can forget about that.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, Janelle, I always find pictures on the AVP of, like, me, like... A full flex flexing down. Flexing whether yeah. it's sarcastic or not. Like, <laughs> and so, I'm like, see, I, I don't know what everybody's talking about. Yeah, I no, I think it's, it's part like, I'm
3: pretty, like... really Boring. boring. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, like you have, you'll have a little... Uh, yeah,
1: there's something in there, a little Tourette's or something. I, don't <laughs> know. I think the difference is... Uh, usually it's not, like, if I did something well... So, like, if I, I mean, if I side out, like, I, should, I don't, it feels weird to be, like, pounding my own chest and, like, whatever. But, like, I think <laughs> if my blocker gets a block or something, I get pretty fired up.
3: Yeah, I do, too, but I think you get more.
2: Well, I watched, uh, I remember watching you win with Theo two years ago in Seattle. <laughs> I was, like, Billy's just, like, you he, he just won your first AVP, and you just, like, kind of walked around. I'm like, ah, all right, sweet. <laughs> and, then, and the camera's, like, ah. All right, let's see what Theo's doing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like I don't, like, I don't, You're drink like, I don't know. What do I do? Like, <laughs> you know, <but> yeah,
2: <laughs> this champagne. Um, I don't really like champagne. <laughs> and anyone else want it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I felt sorry for them. Uh, yeah. Very
0: different reaction should I, than should I than pour Taylor it on Theo? I, I don't want him. I don't want him to get messy dirty. Yeah. It is funny to see the different reactions. You know, you, you turn away the champagne, and Taylor's like, "How can I open this faster?" It's Jake. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, can I have yours, Jake?
3: <laughs> It'd be funny though, like like Billy's won a lot of games in his career and like that was just a game I mean it was for a championship it was still just a game but like if like all these games he'd won he had this one reaction and then now he wins this game and it's complete like he's this complete finally <laughs> <laughs> like, I can show you the <laughs> truth yeah yeah, yeah. let really it ridiculous. out and it makes you think about like the people who do, do that I mean I think it has to be a little bit like thought out like yeah that's if true if I win this is exactly what I'm going to do
1: are you it's saying just, that somebody might choreograph rolling in the sand with their partner uh, uh, <laughs> if they think, get this next I think, point I think you just said that
0: <laughs> It's funny to look back at some of Phil's old videos cuz he's gotten sort of boring now too because winning is just so regular for him to like I love watching the 2005 Austin win. Yeah, that him was all, Nick, like they were real that yeah, was really like they went nuts. Yeah. And it was cool to watch and then yeah. he played with Todd and he got They were yeah. pretty boring.
3: Sure. <laughs> the same with Carrie and Misty, like their first couple wins is like, "Oh wow, they're like they're excited." And that, yeah. I mean, it's just that's just what they did. Yeah. At
0: that point. It's fun to see All right, like we did with April Ross, we're going to split this one with Billy Allen and John Mayer into two episodes just because we had too much fun to try to cram it into one episode. So as always, we appreciate you guys for listening. We appreciate our sponsors for Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and VolleyballMag.com. You can always check out all the latest volleyball news at VolleyballMag.com. And if you're going uh, anywhere, if you're doing any traveling and need a place to stay, Marriott Vacation Club Rentals is the place to do so. So we will catch you guys next week on sandcast best of luck to billy out in the hague in the indoor tournament it's a little bit too chilly over there for us so that's why we're staying in southern california uh, we'll catch you guys next week on sandcast